The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. No, U.S. President Donald Trump and Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, they're in the final stretch of the election race with only one day left. The two are devoting their time to the battleground states, hoping to gain as many votes as they can. Now, we know that more than 93 million Americans have already cast their ballot, and Biden is leading most national polls with a narrow advantage in the critical swing states that could decide the winner. But despite the lead, you know, I know that the race for the White House is still uncertain and what happens after the votes are tabulated is uncertain as well. Reggie Cicchini is our Global News Bureau producer and correspondent. Uh, Reggie, welcome back to the show. Happy Monday. Oh yeah, happy Monday. It's uh, busy times uh, for you. A lot of uh, you know people around the world watching what's happening right now. Uh, let's break it down. Uh, we know that uh, President Trump, his team, uh, taking a, a really rather aggressive uh, approach to the last couple of days of campaigning. What's going on uh, with the Trump camp right now? Yeah, so President Trump started his day uh, in Florida, traveling to North Carolina, one of those key battleground states right now where Joe Biden has a slight lead that's within the margin. Uh, Trump then barnstorming the U.S. Midwest with rallies in Michigan, rallies in Wisconsin, a trip to Minnesota, all of this to try and shore up whatever support uh, is available for him. These are all states where Joe Biden is holding a slight lead. Again, that lead is within uh, within the margin. So it really Uh does make this anyone's race right now. It's been interesting, uh, some of the comments uh, made by President Trump uh, over the past 24, 48 hours um, last week or on the weekend. Um, Dr. Fauci uh, in the Washington po- in the Washington Post uh, cautioned that the U.S. will have to go through, quote, a whole lot of hurt in the weeks ahead because of the surging coronavirus cases. Um, President Trump um, suggesting that he was going to fire him after the election. What's the latest on that? Well, look, this is a, it's a dangerous political game for the president to be playing right now. Uh, and it's because Dr. Fauci enjoys uh, a large kind of approval rating from the broad U.S. public on the plus side of 50 percent. And for President Trump's response to COVID-19, that approval is somewhere between 13 and 15 percent. And with tens of millions of Americans still having to go and cast a ballot, uh, going after one of the most revered scientists in the country could backfire uh, politically, especially in these states where President Trump uh, needs the support of not only women in the state, but people of color in the state. Uh, and so, so it is a dangerous game, especially when you look at some states that have just surging COVID-19 numbers. Uh, Reggie, let's take a look at what the Biden camp is doing. What uh, what does that their schedule look like today? Um, you know, and over the weekend, I know former President uh, Barack Obama campaigned one day with Biden. Uh, what does that look like right now? Yeah, look, Barack Obama, again, the former president uh, campaigning in Atlanta today. This is a state where Democrats are seeing some huge gains. We have a potential for the Democrats to take one, if not two, Senate seats away from Republicans. It is a still neck and neck rate, uh, race for President Trump and for Biden. Uh, and also what we're seeing from the Biden campaign is uh, heading into the uh, Republican state of Ohio. It's one of those states that mm-hmm. oftentimes can pick the president uh, and Joe Biden sees uh, some potential inroads there, so he's doing what he can to try and get out the vote before heading to Pennsylvania tonight. All right, and Pennsylvania, obviously, it's a, it's a big one for, for both of them, isn't it? 
Yeah, look, Pennsylvania is ultimately the biggest prize. It's kind of a big win for Joe Biden if he can get it, but he still has a number of paths towards 270 in the Electoral College. For Donald Trump, it is a must-win state. If he does not get that, it makes his path to the presidency nearly impossible. He would have to win every single toss-up state, plus take one from the Democrats, plus Donald Trump would have to win all of the Midwest if he doesn't win Pennsylvania. This is kind of the math working against the president right now. Let's take a look at some of these um, early voting numbers. I mean, shattering records. There was over, what, 90 million people having cast ballots as of Saturday. What What does that tell you, Reggie? Yeah, I mean, look, by the end of the day today, there's a real possibility here that more than 100 million Americans will have cast an early ballot in this election. That's on the approach to 75 plus percent of all of 2016's numbers. Uh, It shows, A, that there is a a large enthusiasm for trying to get out and get the vote out there. Uh, And some of these early ballots really did benefit the Democratic Party, especially in places like Florida and North Carolina. Republicans are starting to close that gap now with with in-person voting uh, and will likely close that gap further tomorrow. But it shows that there is a either uh, one of two scenarios here, that there's a kind of push for political change in Washington or there's a push to keep things as is. And we won't find Uh out what that result is until either Tuesday night or the days following. Let's talk about mail-in ballots. I know today uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court ordering a three-day extension after tomorrow's election to allow the counting of mailed-in ballots. The president does not like that. Where do we how do we see this unfolding in the days ahead? Well, I mean, look, mail-in ballots have been used in the United States since the Civil War, so it's not really something new. The president has just used baseless claims of fraud to say that uh, this election will be rigged against him if mail-in ballots are allowed. And really what that does is kind of push back on COVID-19 response around the country because that's why mail-in ballots have been used right now so far. And in states where they allow for the mail uh, for the mail ballots to be counted later, oftentimes that's for the benefit of overseas troops to ensure that their ballots are going to be able to make it and be counted in time. So there is kind of a push here by Democrats to say the president's taking a veiled swipe at military members by pushing back on this. Tens of millions of mailed-in ballots right now. It'll take days to get through all of them, and especially in Pennsylvania, where they don't count until Election Day. So we could see big tilts towards one candidate, only to see it tilted the other way in the days after they're counted. Reggie, um, if there is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, if the president doesn't uh, win a second term, um, him uh, potentially contesting it that, contesting that, taking it uh, to the Supreme Court. I mean, what? Uh, how does that work? I mean, you're the you're the you're the pro on this one. Can you explain that to, to the listeners here? Yeah, I mean, look, there has rarely been a time, if any, in the United States where a presidential candidate has not accepted what the outcome is and doesn't allow for a peaceful transfer of power to take place. Uh, the, the Republican majority Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, even said that's never happened before. We're going to ensure that it does. President mm. Trump uh, has hinted back and forth that he'll either claim a premature victory and then he walked it back. But he also said that no matter what the results are, if they go against him, he and a team of lawyers will be ready to contest this. And what that does is so doubt on the results that simply haven't come in yet but it also goes to show that there could end up being some kind of unrest with the president not accepting that potentially he lost and you know when he pushes back on mail-in balloting when he pushes back on states taking days to count their votes which we should say they have weeks to certify them um it, it shows that president trump simply doesn't have 
uh, a knowledgeable grasp of the electoral process that put him into power in the first place. Uh, Reggie, before I let you go, you know, I've seen a, a couple of tweets from all sorts of different people. One one of them said this, you know, uh, whenever I worry that America could face another civil war, I wonder if a lot of Americans don't already feel that they are already there. We, we, we hear about um, uh, boarding being put up. I have a friend in Chicago who was texting me over the weekend saying that, that he is, and, and folks down there are hoarding, they are taking, you know, stuff off the shelf. They are prepared and they are very worried about, about violence. What could happen no matter who wins uh, tomorrow what is the feeling there and what are you seeing on on that front when it comes to preparations for potential unrest yeah, look, it's a legitimate concern for people, given the fact that uh, the U.S. is already kind of a tinderbox for tensions uh, mm-hmm. from what we've seen with unrest over the summertime. Uh, here in D.C., I mean, look, I'm in front of a building right now in front of a bank that has its windows boarded up, and we've seen these boards going up all over the district. We also saw the fence getting re-erected uh, uh, mm. on the vicinity of the White House ground. So there is a, a potential here for some kind of unrest when the ballot com- count starts to come in, whether or not President Trump accepts these results. Uh, but we're seeing this spread out across the country. Local police forces are fearful that something could get out of hand. The Department of Homeland Security has already said that they are going to be prepared if there's some kind of civil unrest, hoping that there isn't. Uh, But given the fact that you have the president actively calling on some of his members to go out and get in the way uh, of voting, we've seen a parade, a caravan of the president's supporters Mm. block the entrance to a voting area in California. This puts the the country in a precarious position, especially when emotions are really high and political divisiveness is at its greatest. Uh, There is a fear that something could go wrong. Nobody just wants to think about what that something is. A final question. I know, um, you know, after last go around, I mean, polling numbers kind of went out the window, but what are the what are the latest polling numbers saying? Yeah, look, polls have really been adjusted from 2016 when it counted the popular vote better than it did the electoral vote. And I think a lot of that's been adjusted and potentially could be favoring Donald Trump more than it should be uh, because of overcorrecting. At the end of the day, the national lead for Joe Biden is 10 points. If you average it out, it's in and around six or seven points. The battleground states, every single one of them are within the margin of error. So this is anyone's race to lose right now. But Joe Biden does maintain a lead in every single battleground state that's uh, that's up tomorrow. Reggie Cicchini joining us this afternoon. Thank you for your ongoing coverage. Looking forward to seeing more of it tomorrow. Reggie, thanks for this. Thank you. You betcha. Reggie Cicchini, who is a Global News Washington Bureau producer and correspondent, uh, of course, uh, in Washington right now and uh, has been watching this all uh, unfold. Isn't it quite amazing? You look at the numbers of, uh, you know, the, the, the folks who have voted already, and I get that the population is so much bigger than, than ours, but when you look about how Americans uh, turn out, when we are looking at, uh, what did Reggie just say, $100 million having cast ballots uh, already, it, it is going to be something else uh, to to watch uh, tomorrow, and it could take a couple of days. I mean, there has been talk that there could be, unless the, unless it's a complete landslide on one side or the other, right, it, it it could take a couple of days to know exactly what is is going on, especially with the uh, the millions of, of, of mail-in ballots. But, yeah, they are, um, you know, keeping a close eye on some of those some of those states that could go either way. You know, there's talk, you know, about Arizona and about how close that is, Iowa, Ohio, uh, you know, North Carolina, Georgia, that, you know, that polling there has been has been shown to, to for it to be pretty close and everything in the error of margin, as, as uh, Reggie uh, had mentioned. And, um, 
Yeah, you know, we have to watch, um, you know, the senior vote, what is going to happen with that. We know that there has been a, a lot of talk uh, about that and about how that could uh, change. We know last uh, go around the last election, President Trump, you know, grabbing hold a lot of that senior vote. But uh, there has been talk and there has been polling done suggesting that um, that Moore is heading over to um to to Biden's camp again depending on which state you're living in and when you're looking at you know which states are leaning which way Boy, oh boy! I, I mean, you look at you look at Texas, for example. Um, you know, President Trump right now, by all accounts, again polling, uh, leading um, Joe Biden by about one percent. Again, that five point nine point margin of of error error error. Uh, Mr. Trump, the president, uh, won that state um, by just over eight hundred thousand votes in 2016. And uh, there's a lot of folks who are keeping their eye on what's happening in what's going to happen in Texas. Uh, Michigan, of course, uh, Biden uh, remains ahead there. Again, six points, um, according to some some latest numbers. But again, the margin of error is about 5.9. Yeah, it's... uh, it's going to be interesting. I keep saying it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating. Um, and I'm just, you know, as I'm reading through things here, you know, Pennsylvania. We talked about Pennsylvania, and uh, and 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 that one. It's uh, it's a it's a biggie uh, right now. Uh, Biden leads in Pennsylvania, 53 to 53 percent to President Trump's about 46 percent. Again, that six point margin of error. Uh, Pennsylvania holding um, what is it, 20 votes on the electoral college map, making it uh, it's one of the most uh, valuable uh, election prizes. Um, Mr. Trump carried Pennsylvania by less than 1% in 2016. It is just going to be something to, to watch tomorrow night. But when we talked about that unrest, and this is this is one of the things that um, I think is on a lot of people's mind, and, and, and it's concerning for a lot of folks, even in Canada. And I know there's a lot of you who are saying, why you pay so much attention to what's happening in the States? We have our own problems here. And I've said it before, you have to realize, I mean, that, that what what happens in America, the most powerful country in the world, does have an impact uh, on on Canada. It has an impact on on uh, international relations. Um, it has impact on what could happen here, depending on, you know, if P- President Trump gets reelected to another four years, if Joe Biden uh, gets into the White House. You know, we've talked about it. We talked about it just last week about, you know, what that means, for example, on the Biden front. What does that mean when it comes to climate change? What does that mean when it comes to Keystone XL? Yeah, there's a lot of things to, to look at. We talk about relationships and, you know, you know, for some, this belief that the relationship between Canada and the U.S. might be better with Joe Biden as president. It might be a little bit more friendlier. It might be a little bit more chummy-chummy than it is right now. But will it? But will it?